Dean is on assignment, but our friend Cindy Perlman is with us. She writes for the Las Vegas Journal Review and covers entertainment for the New York Times. Cindy, good morning. Nice to be with you again. Here's the question of the day. Why isn't Stallone in Creed 3? It opens this weekend, doesn't it? It does. Good morning, Bob. Urs Rocky would say, yo, Bob. And uh, no, <laughs> right. no Stallone. This is Creed out there for his solo journey. And uh, what do we know about, uh, is there some sort of uh, dispute with Stallone and the producers of this movie? Is that it? Uh, I think for Creed itself, Stallone was done. Because remember, Rocky wasn't in the greatest shape. He was sick. He was not sick. I don't think they want to kill Rocky off. That would be so hard on everybody. So Stallone is with his son and his grandson. And meanwhile, we have Creed, Adonis Creed doing well he's the heavyweight champion of the world but then this old friend comes back damien played by uh jonathan majors and damien just did 18 years in prison and mm. he's also a big contender for being the heavyweight champion of the world but then prison happened but now he wants his shot and he wants a little revenge too and uh, we talked uh, with dean about this a little bit yesterday michael b jordan uh, he is quite popular these days isn't he Michael B. Jordan is such an amazing guy. He not only directed this, he stars in it, and he's, you know, he's doing so many cool things. But he said this really called to him. He wanted his shot to direct, and everyone said, you've worked with Denzel, you've worked with Ryan Coogler, who directed all the other Creeds and also the Black Panther movies. And uh, Michael B. Jordan said he thought he was a little crazy, but he said, okay, I'll do it. And he did it, and it's getting rave reviews already. Uh, another show getting rave reviews on the stream, Shrinking, and, you know, Marianne and I started watching this, and there's so much to watch, we forgot we were watching it, so we got to pick up on this again, but I'm, I'm curious, uh, Harrison Ford, you wouldn't think uh, that he'd leave the big-time world of major motion pictures to do something like this. What's the story on that? You know, Harrison Ford is everywhere these days, and we get to claim him. He's Park Ridge's own Harrison Ford, and he's mm -hmm. in Shrinking. He's got an Indiana Jones movie coming out. Of course, he's in 1923, which is a great show, but Shrinking's a little different. Jason Segel, who, who is, you know, from This is 40, and you know him from a bunch of movies like Knocked Up and TV's How I Met Your Mother, he plays a shrink who just went through a big personal tragedy, and he's going to tell every patient exactly what he thinks. No, well, what do you think? He just says, dump him, you know, <laughs> get rid of him, divorce him. And people come <laughs> after him for this. And he's like, I don't care. I'm just going to, no more of the BS. I'm just going to tell it to you straight. And mm -hmm. uh, for everyone who's an aspiring screenwriter, Jason Siegel said he thought of this show sitting on his couch. And like everything else in Hollywood, four years later, it actually happened. So uh, that yeah. was that. Harrison Ford's pretty pretty good. Uh, did they expect him to turn down the role when they offered it to him? They absolutely. He said he wrote it with Harrison Ford in mind. He totally expected a no. And then when Harrison Ford said yes, he Jason Segel totally freaked out. He said having Harrison Ford say yes was like asking the prettiest girl in the in the whole school to prom. Somehow she said yes. And then you're in a panic thinking, what do, where do I take her to dinner? What do I wear? How do I get a limo? He said he was completely freaking out. <laughs> and Harrison Ford's been a busy guy lately because he's uh, in, it's the prequel to Yellowstone. I can't keep track of all the Yellowstone uh, spinoffs. Bob, if you and Marianne have not watched 1923, 
you know what you're doing this weekend because that show I think is on level with Yellowstone as far as being fantastic. And it just ended. So you guys could do a major binge, but yeah, Harrison Ford is Jacob Dunton, one of the elders of the Dunton family. We still haven't exactly worked out the whole family tree. They're keeping it kind of a mystery, but he's the, he's the elder to eight episodes only. And half of it is set in Africa after world war one, one nephew fought in the war. He's taking sort of the slow road home. And then the rest of it is at the ranch and it's mm. such a cool show, but that's one universe. Really worry for people. Actually Yellowstone. No one knows what's going on with Kevin Costner. Uh, there was rumors he was going to come back or he was going to come back a little bit or that his character was going to get killed off. But then his lawyer came out this week and said, no, Kevin's completely committed to the show. He's got the time. So they still need, though, to film the back half of this season, which is supposed to debut this summer. But I kind of don't think so. I think maybe towards the fall. Yeah, we're definitely into Yellowstone. I was also reading something about the the Jamie character, that they might be killing him off. Have you heard anything about that? The whole plot now is Jamie versus Beth. And Beth is the daughter. Jamie's the adopted son. They both want each other dead. So who's going to make it? Who's not? And the best part, though, the actor who plays Jamie, Wes Bentley, said every time they go to the train station, and that's the place where they just drop someone off a cliff when they have a dead body. He said it's a little spot for real. We're in Wyoming. He said that real location is now a tourist trap. So they'll be filming, and he's like, people just in an RV will drive by honking and waving and jumping out. And he said it's kind of a problem because they have to reshoot some of those death scenes two or three times now. Yeah, I hope they're not throwing anything in there. Uh, I'm told that you saw a show there in Las Vegas that you think is one of the best ever. Tell us about it. You know... I call Vegas the far western suburbs of Chicago now. So here, you just need to come here and see Donny Osmond. Such a sweet, nice guy. And he, he did Joseph for years at the Chicago Theater. But he has his own solo show. He and Marie had a great show for years. He has his own solo show. Really fun. Bunch of fantastic dancers. He takes you sort of on this memory lane tour of the 60s, 70s, 80s and up. Really cool. And uh, he's got some history there because for years he was an opening act, wasn't he? He was an opening act, and he told the funniest story. He said when he was 10, he opened for Nancy Sinatra here. And her dad was such a good dad, he would sit there every day at rehearsal. But Frank Sinatra said, nobody comes into rehearsal, just me and my guys, his bodyguards. So I guess George Osmond, Donnie's dad, said, forget it. He's my 10-year-old son. I'm going. He came in. And George Osmond couldn't believe how many times the bodyguards said the F word. And he went up to them and Frank and said, no one swears in front of my 10 year old son. So I guess he, it got to the point where Donnie thought his dad was going to get beat up by Frank's guys. <laughs> yeah. Cut to the day, the guys comes up and he's like, come here to Mr. Osmond. And he hands him an envelope with 10, $100 bills. Now this is the early sixties. This was a lot of money. And a note that said, Dear Mr. Osmond, I am so sorry that we said those words in front of your son. If you need anything, please reach out to me, Frank Sinatra. Uh-huh. So I guess his dad took the money but ripped up the note and threw it away. 
Which Johnny said, it's such a shame. I mean, can you imagine that note in your living room? If you need anything, call me Frank Sinatra. <laughs> That's how the chairman of the board rolls. Uh, leave us with your Paul Rudd story of the day. I know you've got one. You know, Ant-Man, he was the sexiest man alive on people. He said something that, you know, he tries to live up to. But he said, but look at Paul Rudd. He has not aged since Clueless, if you think about it. And he said... I quote, I was so dreamy and clueless, I even fell in love with me, and I haven't changed a bit. It, he was joking, but he said his his secrets, he doesn't tan, he uses sunscreen, and he said he just does simple things at home, like plays karaoke, he does karaoke in the Ant-Man costume, though. He said it's, it's a good way, you know, icebreaker at cocktail parties when he just shows up as Ant-Man. <laughs> I love it. Cindy Perlman, uh, she writes for the uh, New York Times, and she's there in Las Vegas with the Las Vegas Journal Review. Thank you for filling in for Dean this morning, Cindy. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Bob. Dean is on assignment, but he left us part of a recent A-list interview he did with one of the stars of The Mandalorian. Katie Sackoff returns as a Mandalorian warrior, and it's a character she originally voiced in the Star Wars animated series, The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Dean talked to her about being part of the ever-growing Star Wars story. What's the experience been like for you since you've been attached to this? Um, I mean, it's it's literally been so full of surprises. You know, when, when I first started playing Bo-Katan, like 14 years ago at this point, I think, um, I was just so happy to be a part of the universe. I, I grew up watching Star Wars. I, I loved it so much. And, and so to be a part of it was such a huge thing for me. And when, when Bo kept being asked back for more episodes, it was just every time I got asked to come back, I jumped at it and I absolutely loved it. So, you know, when I cornered Dave Filoni at Celebration and, um, you know, sort of, <laughs> picked his brain to see if Bo-Katan could work in this world. Um, I had no expectations. I thought I was just ribbing a friend. And so when I got the call to sit down with Jon Favreau, um, it was pretty amazing.